0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, we're going to talk about what married men and single women have in common. But before we do that, I must, of course, tell you to subscribe. The most recent one was about depression. And when people can't admit or don't recognize that they are depressed, and this can manifest in myriad ways, including irritability, anger, fatigue, uh, body pain, like just a whole bunch of things that people don't usually associate with depression, apathy, um, just a, a meaninglessness, like a feeling of just that your life isn't meaningful. There's all sorts of ways. And if you know some more of them, then you may be able to acknowledge and recognize when you're depressed and thereby work on it, you know. Which was not only good for you, but for your family. So, what do married men and single women have in common? They both have a high libido. (laughs) I mean, they both have a high libido and they both underestimate the power of monogamy in reducing female libido. This is also unhappily married women, by the way. So, we're talking about a commonality between married men and single women and unhappily married women. Which, what do you think that might lead to when you get those types of people together? Married men unmarried women. Affairs. Affairs. So men frequently have affairs with women who who have the same libido level as them. Why though? Why did these women have the same libido level as them? Because A, they're a new person. So you always have a new uh, hike in your libido with a new person. But also these people are not in um, monogamous relationships that were good that then they lost their sex drive. So People like to make sense of the world, right? So this is a human thing. You like to think that you have hacked some sort of a system. You understand things such that you can prevent bad things happening to you. This is a this is the human drive to feel safe and secure. This is why when you hear about a horrible thing happening, like um, let's say, a car crash where a child dies, right? If you hear about that you are immediately many people will immediately start thinking about why it couldn't have happened to them they will scour the article for any detail that indicates something they could tell themselves as a reason for why this wouldn't happen to them because the idea of random bad things happening in the universe makes them so anxious and anxious people do this more than other people so they become so overpoweringly anxious that they have to find a reason that this quote would not happen to them so they'll be like, oh, 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 let me see, let me see, let me see. 11, 11.52, she was driving at 11.52. I would not drive that late. why well, I, I never drive that late anymore, you know? I would not drive a child that late. So yeah, you know, yeah, well, terrible thing that happened, but she was driving real late. It's like, come on, you know, like if you look at it for a second, you could be like, oh my God, you're just trying to find some reason that this couldn't happen to you because the thing makes you so anxious. But it's like kind of an adaptive mechanism to get people through life where bad things randomly happen. Kids do this all the time, by the way, dysfunctional families have children that say things to themselves like, now if I'm just good, mom isn't going to yell. If I'm just quiet, dad isn't going to beat me. been disproven time and time again you can't be quiet enough for dad not to beat you but if you tell yourself instead as a child dad is a fucking crazy lunatic that will just beat my ass randomly that's no way to live like you cannot maintain an adaptive um childhood you you cannot feel any sanity in that universe so you have to tell yourself that you just haven't been good enough yet to not get beat and that ironically is is better for kids to have that delusion than to just say, my life is totally random. He's just gonna beat me whenever he drinks. I never know when he's gonna drink. So I never know. I never know. That would be that would be literally crazy making. So instead the child has to say there's some sort of pattern here. I just haven't figured it out yet. So of course you could see how that happens when the children grow up, then they continue to think that there are these kinds of patterns and they could be good enough that their um, spouse or whoever will be nice to them, but, in, but they pick a spouse like their parent and so this never happens and they replicate their upbringing. But um, so it, it doesn't end up going any better until they can get into therapy or do some deep introspection and recognize that they are replicating these patterns. But in childhood it's very adaptive to think, there's some way to fix this, I just haven't figured it out yet. So that's what adults do too. So how is this related to our topic? Even though it was, of course, an interesting diversion, as I usually have. Women in unhappy marriages who also have low sex drives tell themselves that there is a fantasy world where if they were happily married, then they would have a sex drive. Well, (laughs) this is a nice fantasy to have, you know, and of course, there's a normal distribution of sex drives. But I have never yet, oh, and of course, women who are single think that they will be the ones that do find somebody to whom they are so physically and chemically attracted that uh, they have a honeymoon stage forever. It's always a honeymoon stage uh you know, sexual connection, and they will do this by, unlike the women that they know, they're going to choose better. And then they, they come up with these kind of superstitious things like, oh, those women just didn't marry men they were really attracted to, and that's why their sex drives go down when I hear about women's sex drives going down. Or the unhappily married women say, it's because those women are in unhappy marriages like me. So we all have low sex drives in in this category of women, the unhappily married women. We have low sex drives because um, our husbands just uh, are the problem, you know, and they're such assholes or they're so useless or they're struggling with substance abuse or PTSD or depression or really whatever the case may be. And that's why. So why do I try to dispel this illusion that's so, you know, um, nice for women to have? Uh, two reasons. <laughs> One, they're going to end up real, real unhappy uh, when they realize that there is no evading fate, and like you know, and basically, it's not fate. It's habituation. It's basic behavior theory. Everybody gets used to who they're with, and for lower sex drive, the lower sex drive gender, women have less testosterone, and they're more responsive to the effects of age and to monogamy and menopause, etc there's really no, no going around it. Your sex drive is always going to go down. If it starts off super high, you got a better shot, but it's not like anybody perpetuates this honeymoon stage forever. It doesn't matter how attracted you are at the beginning. So a lot of women that are like, Oh, those women that are like, don't have sex in their marriages. Now they just weren't attracted to the man. I rarely, rarely, maybe 10% of the women that I work with were never attracted to their husband. Most of them were super attracted to their husband, you know, and um, that's the common situation for most of us divorced people. Attraction was not the problem. There was other problems, but it was never this chemistry was fine it's the 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 relationship didn't work for different reasons than that so this is also an extremely important podcast for men to listen to who are tempted to have affairs or who may be in an affair and contemplating leaving for the affair partner this only works out five percent of the time that um, people who leave for their affair partners marry their affair partners that's five percent and then within that 75% of those marriages don't last until five years why do they um why don't they last well i mean numerous reasons the the biggest one that i would imagine which i see frequently is that if somebody cheated with you sometime uh, a little bit later after the honeymoon stage occurs you start to realize that they might cheat on you (laughs) with someone else and then there's a lot of trust issues and so forth also a lot of women who will sleep with married men definitionally have low self-esteem because they are willing to be the second fiddle and to be with a man who is not committed to them publicly, unless they too are in this situation where they're just cheating and also, and it's they just think of it as sex, and in that case, these people don't marry each other. But in the case where a woman feels very romantically about a married man and has taken a lot of shit and not spent holidays with him and been second fiddle all these years, who's what kind of woman is that i mean that's a woman with low self-esteem truly and so when she gets into the marriage with him she's still going to have the same low self-esteem and probably depression issues then the honeymoon stage is going to wear off and then she's you know a woman who who is angrier with him than his first wife was and that's not going to go well but um the the thing is people have very high expectations when um so there's a single woman and her you know sex drive is through the roof the married guys like finally I found somebody that can match me for libido I'm not going to make the same mistake twice so I'm going to be with this kind of woman instead of my wife who was never very sexual at the beginning well guess what her sex drive's going to go down too and it's she's also older because you're older so everybody's older except for Leonardo DiCaprio he only dates the same age woman (laughs) but um, everybody else usually a guy who's 40 He's going to maybe go down to 30-year-old woman, but not down to 20. But either way, when the twi- even if he dates a 20-year-old woman, she's going to probably want kids by 25. And at that point is when your sex drive goes down. Breastfeeding. Your sex drive goes down. Body doesn't want to make a baby. But anyway... Another thing to think about when when we're talking about this is limerence. Now, what is limerence? There's a good book, Love and Limerence, by Dorothy Tenov, written many decades ago. It's still an interesting read. And limerence is basically the infatuation or honeymoon stage. And here, she writes that it lasts one and a half to three years, which is, you know, what everybody else has found, too. Or, Or there's some people where limerence stays for like 20 years, in which cases when it's unrequited love. So there's the uncertainty of the relationship is what keeps the person in a limerent stage. When the uncertainty is resolved, then there's no more limerence, a.k.a. honeymoon stage. So when you're with your affair partner, you could be with them for like 10 years and, and be like, wow, I know them inside and out. I know what their sex drive is. Man, you don't know shit because her limerence stage has not resolved. As soon as you're married, that's when you know who she really is, because then the uncertainty fades away. This is why people have uh, hysterical bonding after a partner is found out to be unfaithful, as I discuss in my infidelity podcast, because the, so hysterical bonding means this rapid, um, intense uptick in the sex life between the partners when one of them is found out to be cheating. This happens frequently because all of a sudden there's uncertainty. It's like, oh my God, are we even going to stay together? Does he even love me? Does she even love me? And that leads to like this little version of limerence where you're obsessed with each other. Obsession is only there in with uncertainty. When you're married with kids, there's no uncertainty. Plus there's a biological change when there is any kind of life event for women, such as aging, children, breastfeeding, uh, menopause, perimenopause, depression, anxiety, any of it. So, is this to say that every woman has the same sex drive and will have the same decrease? No, of course not. Again, normal distribution, like with everything. However, Married men and single women and unhappily married women are all under the delusion that somehow there are couples that can remain in the honeymoon stage forever. You know the only people, and I never say that one gender is better or smarter than the other. You know that's uh, some reason that I get so many couples counseling referrals because y'all know I don't do that. But I'm gonna go off brand for a second. The only people that really understand the reality of what's going on here are the happily married women. <laughs> that's the only subset. The happily married women are like, yeah, of course I love my husband. And of course my sex drive isn't where it used to be. Doesn't have to do with him. He's great, but I'm not 25 and this isn't a new relationship. And I love him deeply. And, uh, I still don't look at him and want to rip his clothes off. I mean, because this is my husband and I got shit to do. For example, I got these multiple children to take care of and my job and the mortgage. And I'm also, by the way, you know, 40, going through perimenopause symptoms and got to talk to my doctor. These are the people who understand more of what reality is. The unhappily married women say, okay, my sex drive may be down, but that's because of him and this marriage not realizing because they have no control group you know you don't live two lives at once like an experiment so they don't know that no even if they were happily married they still wouldn't want to rip the guy's clothes off every three seconds like they would in the dating stage and the single women because when you're single you're that's basically when a woman's sex drive is equal to a man's at least as much as it can be that's when you think about sex all the time so There are women who have been divorced for so many years that they basically turn into single women, you know, again, then they're dating a lot and they have a really high sex drive and they assume then that in the next marriage, they're going to not make the same mistake that so many women around them make, which is marrying the quote, wrong person that does not keep your high libido high. There's no man. I mean, you could be in the most loving relationship and the women in them also have their sex drive go down. The difference is they will understand, oh, okay, I love him. Let me get myself in the mood for sex. Let me at least start kissing him, something, you know, and then we could start to have sex that I find definitely enjoyable. And you can refer back to my podcast on high libido women. Do they have spontaneous or responsive desire? And I talk about how they have responsive as well in the majority of cases. It was funny because um, when I posted that one, I got somebody commenting and she's like, you know, I've been with my boyfriend for like a few years and like I still want to have sex with him all the time. So like it must not be, you know, And it's like that's literally what this podcast is for is for the people that think that there's something about being like a young woman with a boyfriend that in any way replicates what it's going to be like to be a married mom. I'll tell you, I've been there. <laughs> it, it doesn't. It's there's, there is there uh, is much less continuity than you would like to believe, and it's hard to even imagine it. If you're a very high sex drive young woman in an unmarried state prior to kids it's hard to imagine what it will be like the first time that you don't experience a sex drive. So for me, that was when I breastfed. I was 28 years old before this happened. Before that, I was as stupid as all the other women that are like, Oh no, you know, those people, they just married the wrong partner, probably wasn't attracted to them, you know, from the beginning. And so, or maybe they're just low libido people, you know, when this is when I would hear about, you know, jokes and so forth about sex going down over marriage. And um, I was like, oh, no, you know, if you're high, high sex drive, you know, and you married somebody that you're attracted to, then your sex drive is going to be that way forever. You just got to keep on do, you know, like making sure that you have the time to spend together, you know, like all this stupid shit. Who thinks this stuff? And I say stupid with love. I was stupid. Um, You know, it's a it's a term of endearment. It just means innocent, naive. Right. So men think this. Men are the ones who are like, oh no, I just gotta work out more. Then she's gonna be into me again like she used to be unless your workout involves you literally like doing some sci-fi action where you crawl into a different body and become a different man it ain't gonna do anything it doesn't do anything mostly what happens is she's like oh fuck he's going to the gym I guess I gotta say he looks good okay you look so good honey oh tonight we have to have sex (laughs) you know I mean that's what it's like when your wife of 20 years sees her husband of 20 years go to the gym okay good that's nice he looks cute all right good you know but it's not anything like how she used to to feel about you when she wanted to fuck your brains out at the beginning because of habituation the same thing the same human phenomenon and mammalian phenomenon that makes exposure therapy work the same reason that you could cure a dog phobia by just hanging out with a dog is why you can cure the honeymoon stage by just hanging out more with your husband I mean that's just what happens people get used to shit and so um well for me since um I'm sure you're on tenterhooks, you know, waiting to hear about my personal epiphany. The first time was when I was breastfeeding, when I had my first baby and I was breastfeeding when I was 28 years old. And I was like, oh my God, I don't feel anything. I don't want to have sex at all. And it was shocking. It was like having a limb removed, you know, like, like phantom limb syndrome. It was like... Uh, it's I should I want to have I'm a person who wants to have sex. What happened? Why don't I want to have sex at all? And I was like, Oh my God! This is what the women I work with who are postmenopausal must feel like. And I remember telling that to my then husband. This is it. This is what the, it is to have low sex drive. And it was so astonishing for me because I had always you know categorized myself as so high sex drive, etc. I didn't realize what I really was was a young healthy woman. I was very sexually open, so I did have a high sex drive but I hadn't come up against any biological things that would have you know decreased the sex drive yet and by the time I had my first child was about was so if I got married I got married at 26 I had been with my husband from 25 no, no no 25 24, then 26, then 28. So by that time, it was about four years. It was time for the limerence phase to wear off anyway. And the breastfeeding just shoved the last knife in it. And I'm not saying that I, with my ex-husband, did not have sex again or anything like that. Certainly we did. You know, I had two other children, you know, and and the sex life was never an issue, you know. But it it was a profound decrease from how I had felt about myself previously, which is that this was just a way I was wired and I was just always gonna be high sex drive. So it's so, uh, that's why I'm so sure that nobody's doing a bait and switch with their husbands, you know? Because I was there and the women I talked to were there. And it's like if you remain with somebody that you know you're attracted to, and you still have no sex drive, it's more shocking to you, honestly, than it is to the guy. And the guy takes it so personally, but the woman knows it's not personal, especially if she's done any sort of introspection, or if she's happily married, you know, and then she's like, oh my god, yeah, I mean, he hasn't really done anything, he's fine, you know, and I just don't want to have sex anymore. So it's the more happily married women which at that stage, you know, I was at that point. And who are like, oh my God, this shit just changes. It just changes. So, for any married men who are listening, who feel that you've found this kindred spirit in some sort of single woman right now, or divorced woman that you're attracted to, and you feel that you have found your soulmate sexually, remember, she's just a human. She's just a mammal. And she feels it now. She's so in love with you that she's never going to change in any way. But... does and even the women who are high sex drive do and even the women that are the sexual pursuers that i talk to still don't want it all the time because they're women so whereas men who are high sex drive sexual pursuers you could push them into a closet in the middle of your kid's birthday party and give them a blowjob, and as long as you know like it's only five minutes they'll do it a woman never never, 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 unless she's a diagnosed sex addict, in which case you're going to be dealing with a lot of comorbid personality disorder symptoms that you don't want to get involved with. But um, anyway, hope you found this instructive and illuminating as usual, and I will talk to y'all soon.